No pressure taken. Thank you, Bill. Great fun. Uh, lovely to be with you. And Pete, asked, I think you're having people kind of telling their stories, sharing their heart and all this kind of thing. So when Pete said, said to me, I'd like you to do something like that, I, I kind of thought, mm, I don't really want to talk about myself. It's a little bit boring. Um, so so what, how would, what would I do? And uh, hopefully we've got a keynote coming up there, which we'll be able to get going at some stage. I was sitting at my desk and uh, I just felt God say, the seven wonders. Seven wonders of the world. And uh, at some stage, if I went, oh, there we are, there's this Margaret and I. Uh, I, I so you, you, some, of, some of the wonders, they say these man-made wonders, but you've got the natural wonders, Grand Canyon. There we are with our Revelation mug. And um, standing there, uh, uh, sort of in front of this awesome place, this awesome site. And uh, I felt God wanted to just say, say, well, look, share with them what is at the very core and essence of your being? What is it that you feel is wonderful? What is it that, that, you're, that you would see is, 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 are the wonders, the seven wonders of God? So that's what I'm going to do. You may think of some other wonders, and I'm sure that you know, I could do 10, 20, 50, 100, but these are the seven that we're going for um, today. And so the first wonder that, that came to mind is the wonder of new birth. Paul says, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I was an unchurched 19-year-old uh, with a very small world, not really living for anything, uh, just disappearing down the plug hole of hedonism. And uh, I came across Jesus and Jesus saved me. One minute I didn't know God, the next minute I did know God. One minute I had no spiritual horizons before me, suddenly the whole world opened up. One minute I had a small and narrow lens, the next minute I was opened up to a whole world that I couldn't have dreamt of before that moment. Through the death and through the resurrection of Jesus, something had happened in me that completely changed my life. The most powerful transformational event in the history possible for any human being in, in, in the world had happened to me. I had been born again. My past no longer mattered. It kind of was absorbed into, into Jesus. His past became my past. My present became uh, absorbed by his spirit and his grace and his sufficiency and my future became locked up in his future. And that is what salvation is about. It's unbelievable. And at the one level, we have it all. We have it all. We are complete in Christ. Yet at another level, we are on this journey where we are going through the process of salvation. And, and this, this is this wonderful exhortation to explore it, to appropriate it, to make it real, to bring God's transformation to bear in our lives and in our hearts. And once we kind of get a hold of this whole scenario, we suddenly realize what God can do with us. That actually there are no limits. If God says that it can be done in your life, it can be done in your life. Fundamentally, everything has changed the moment we come to Christ. And some of you may be thinking, great. Others of you may be thinking, wow, <laughs> I, I need to get my uh, Salvation Lonely Planet book out here because I've kind of got in here, but there's clearly a lot more for me to explore. 
Others of you may be thinking, do you know what? I'd like to step into that. That's something that I would like for me. But that, for me, is the miracle, one of the great wonders of the world. New birth, that when Jesus comes to us, everything starts afresh. And we begin to build a new future, a new history, a new dynasty in him. So, wonder number one. That's not bad, is it? It's a good start. (laughs) Wonder number two. The wonder of the Holy Spirit. There I was, um, forgiven, overwhelmed by God's incredible grace. Um, Couldn't believe what he was doing in me and changing inside me. But do you know what? I lacked a little bit of fire and power. I didn't quite know how to share it with my sort of pagan heavy metal mates. Um, you know, how was I going to, you know, sort of uh, confess to them what had happened in me? I needed some power. And uh, Acts 1 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And for me, this is wonder number two. I rocked into this uh, somewhat. I wasn't really going to bump into too much of the Holy Spirit in the church that I attended uh, first off, sadly. Uh, I wandered into a somewhat wacky, charismatic church. It's slightly old style. Uh, You know, in in the dim and distant past, in many revival movements, these guys were dancers. You know, it was impossible. You know, any time that there was worship, these guys danced. Now, it was the windscreen wipers, I used to call it. Bit of the charismatic two-step, you know. But these guys danced. So everything they danced, and I, I remember the first morning meeting. I went into. I was the last one in. You know, I came in, head right metal. You know, all the hair all the way down here, leather everywhere. Found myself in the front row, and this lady opposite. They used to sit in a circle, dance in the middle. This lady opposite took one look at me. Came came right over. Pointed, spoke in King James, you know, thus saith the Lord, you're going to lead young people, you're going to cast demons out, you're going to run youth movements, I'm going to raise you up, you're going to be a leader in this. <laughs> I'm sitting there with your hair down, I mean, I barely give my life to you, and I'm like, I wanted to fall off the chair, I wanted to hit the floor. I'd never seen anybody fall over or anything happen that was slightly weird like that. I'm just holding on to my chair thinking, look, I don't know what is happening here. And... Uh, Sometime after that, I remember sitting there in the worship saying, Lord, I would really, I would really want to have more of your spirit. I'd love to speak in tongues. And just as I was thinking that, the guy that led the church got up and said, Look, there's someone here who'd really like to speak in tongues. Look, during the next song, just don't sing in English. And, and, and that's what I did. I just, instead of singing in English, I just made a few words, and that was it. I was off. It, it was the, the, the wacky races had commenced. And... Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, once I then realized that God, uh, that, that's how God empowers us. That's how God develops us. You know, I learned, you know, the classic thing, it's not by might, not by strength, it's by my spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into God's truth. It's the Holy Spirit that comforts us. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals Scripture to us because the Lord is the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that brings God's freedom. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us, that gives us the energy, that gives us the strength that no matter where we are, whether we're working in business, whether we're trading, whether we're teaching, no matter where we are out there, it's God's power and God's Spirit. He is the one that gives us the strength and the energy to make it all work. And so it is of grace. 
It is of grace. And where the Spirit, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is a wonder. That no matter where we go, no matter how old we get, no matter how clever we get, whether, whether we've got the brain the size of a house or the size of a pea, whether we've got all the qualifications in the universe or we've got none, at one level it doesn't really matter because when we flow in the Spirit, we can do whatever it is that God wants us to do. And nothing and, or, or nobody can stop us because we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where dynamic stuff happens we break through and we break out everything in my background said people in my family don't do this they don't go there they don't do these things Roger that I can't do that when the spirit comes upon us in the same way that it came upon was it Saul it changed him into a different person kind of the same one but different when the Holy Spirit came upon me I changed into a different person so that's pretty wonderful as far as I'm concerned. Now the third wonder is the Bible. What an amazing book. I remember the first time I read Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, giving light to the eyes. It's sweet to the taste. It's like honey to the comb. By this is your servant warm. That I remember as a new Christian, just looking at the Bible, and it was, parts of it were a mystery. You know, parts of the Bible are difficult, but then parts of it are so amazing. And I suddenly realized, here was God's words revealed to us. And, and actually, do you know what? If I wanted to get my life in order, I had to wrestle with God's truth. You know, as I remember God saying to me, look, it's like this, Roger. You know, we're incompatible, and I don't change. <laughs> so, you know, I had to get myself in, into the Scripture, and I fell in love with God's Word. I, became like a jewel, like a treasure, like something I was seeking and searching to find. And suddenly I realized how valuable this is, that actually if we can understand what God has put in his word and begin to build our lives around that, that's where it all happens. That's where it all comes together. It's in God's word that our soul is revived. As we begin to order our lives at every level, socially, relationally, uh, in the way we think, you know, the, the way we take, as, as the more that comes in line with God's word, the, the better things become in us and, and, and the more of God's blessing is released. So the absolute and utter wonder of the Bible, well, the next wonder is, of course, God's calling. And there I am, I like a bit of fishing, standing beside our lake and um, you know someone said to me Roger you know you, you never ever ever become anything other than who you are always be yourself y yet there's something isn't there that Jeremiah 1 verse 5 you know before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do you know, your life is not an accident. Your life has a purpose. You are here for a reason. And God has called you. God has called all of us to follow him. 
And you know what? We're called to live our lives in accordance with that calling and not to waste them on stupid things like being happy or successful or whatever else we might want to aim for. What a complete and utter waste. I mean, better than being unhappy and unsuccessful, I guess. But a complete and utter waste because all of us are called to serve the purposes of God in our generation. And every human being is intended to have this, the energy, the driver of destiny right at the very core of their being because we've been created for relationship with God. We are destined to partner with God and to see his purposes released in our lives through our unique gifts. You know, God has prepared, Paul said, good works in advance for every single one of us to do. There is a Fred-shaped hole, if there's anyone here called Fred, or, or whatever shaped hole that only Fred can fill. There's something that God had in mind for me since before I was formed in my mother's womb. He took the initiative. I didn't choose him. He chose me. I didn't first love him. He loved me, and he's called me, and he's called you. And so calling is absolutely vital. And uh, do you know what? We don't need to worry. I mean, sometimes finding our calling is, you know, can be everybody finds it in a kind of different way. You know, some of it slowly dawns on us. Others, it's where our core passions are. Others, we just go have the shebang experience, whatever. You know, but, but you know, in the end, my philosophy is, you know, I want to be doing something for Jesus when he returns, even if it's making mistakes. You know, let's just get moving. Let's get moving for God. And right at the heart, have this sense of destiny that we are here to fulfill the purposes of God in our generation, in our time, in our life. If people get worried about, you know, the end times and is Jesus coming back, you know, do you think this is the last generation? You know, well, it is for you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it is for me. So let's not worry about all that rubbish, shall we? Let's get on with it. And, and realize God's purpose. And let's see that our lives are pulsating with his heart. So the wonder, the wonder that God would call you and God would call me. And, and God would use us to see his purposes. Of course, there's another wonder. And that's the wonder of God's kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. That's amazing, isn't it? So we put God's reign and rule first. You know, God's kingdom, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're here for. We're all here to see God's reign and rule, God's spirit, God's life break into this earth. And so if we seek first the kingdom, everything else comes into place. If we seek the other things, we're out of order. If we want God's frameworks to be outworked within our lives, our marriages, our sexuality, our economics, our friendships, our whatever else it is, seek first God's kingdom and everything else will be added to you. It's, it's where we build our houses on rock and not sand, as we seek first God's reign and rule in every area. Now that can be quite painful, that realignment. But that is the key. Once we begin to seek God's kingdom and put him in his rightful place, everything else comes into line and we start to see God's blessing and God's resourcing and God's shalom and God's peace and God's economics and God's principles breaking out throughout all of our relationships and friendships. Redemption. You know, Jesus comes to town in every area of our lives. 
And you know what? Uh, in 1983, this whole kingdom of God thing, I was, you know, thinking about, we're just starting the church, and uh, I, I was in a Christian bookshop, and I read what I, for me, is probably the most significant quote I've ever read in a book. And it says this, it's Howard Schneider. The church gets into trouble whenever it thinks it's in the church business rather than the kingdom business. In the church business, people are concerned with church activities, religious behavior, and spiritual things. In the kingdom business, people are concerned with kingdom activities, all human behavior, and everything God has made visible and invisible. Kingdom people see human affairs as saturated with scriptural meaning and kingdom significance. Kingdom people seek first the kingdom of God and its justice. Church people often put church work above the concerns of justice, mercy, and truth. Church people think about how to get people into the church. Kingdom people think about how to get the church into the world. Church people worry that the world might change the church. Kingdom people work to see the church change the world. If the church has one great need, it is this to be set free for the kingdom of God, to be liberated from itself as it has become, in order to be itself as God intends. Come on! <laughs> That's what it's about. I read that and thought, this is, this is what I'm here for. This is the kind of church that I want to see. I'm, I'm anxious to see this kind of Christianity. That's not religion, but it's kingdom. It's God's power, God's reign breaking in in every sphere. And that, to me, is the beauty and the wonder of God's kingdom. That we see that God is working everywhere. All the stuff out there, God's reign and rule breaking in. And we're called to be part of that wonderful calling. And to see a different kind of church established in the nation and the nations. So the wonder of the kingdom. What's the next one, you might ask? <laughs> it's the wonder of the church. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. You know, I, uh, as a new Christian, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know anything about church. I hadn't really been to church. And, uh, you know, I started to get this passion for the Bible. And the first time I read Acts 2, 42 to 47, my brains were blown. Yeah, I thought, this is what I want to give my life for. This is what I want to see. This is who I am. And in, in there it says, Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Unbelievable. This church is not just an institution. It is certainly not a building. This church is alive and moving. And, 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 and as the church people come together and they worship and the Spirit moves and Scripture is there and generosity is there and the Holy Spirit's there, it's this kind of all massive, organic, growing scenario. Now that's the kind of church I'm living for. And, you know, we've got there every now and then just a little bit. 
and we're almost there. But do you know what? Church isn't perfect. So if you find the perfect church, please don't join it because you'll mess it up. But you know, the, the, what, what's great about the church is you know, not that it's perfect, not that we don't get things wrong. This isn't the perfect church. What's great about the church is that it isn't perfect. What's great about the church is that we're all, you know, a friend of mine said, you know, I want to I build a church where people are free to sin. And people went, oh, what does he mean by that? Well, because we're all sinners, aren't we? A church which is honest. But the great thing about the kingdom church is, you know, we're all hurting each other. We're all making mistakes. We're all, making, we're all misunderstanding each other. We're all getting it wrong. But do you know what we're doing? We're all forgiving one another, loving one another, and we're loving Jesus. So uh, the, what, what, who's getting glorified through that? Not us, is it? It's God's wonderful redemption. That here we are, this community, we're just human beings, but we're outworking something, and there's a power at work in us that, that, that's greater than our own humanity and our ability to be good. It's called God's grace, and it's God's spirit. It's fellowship created by the Holy Spirit. That's what it means, this intimate belonging. And so the church is like this, is a miracle, you know, because we're greater than the sum of our parts. You know, we come together as a body, each of us together, and suddenly what, what happens out through us in the world is like people look at us and think, how did those idiots do that? You know, and, they will continue, and the, the more we get together like this and realize the wonder of the church, the more people will be scratching their heads and thinking, how did those idiots do that? But that, to me, is the wonder of the church when we really get a hold of who God is. What's the last wonder? The wonder of God's people. There we have on the right, Margaret's parents. Margaret comes from a family. Margaret's dad's first generation Messianic Jewish converts. You, if you ever see him, the size of his nose, you couldn't miss it. And <laughs> M M Margaret's mother, uh, you know, Christian throughout all generations, you know, sort of parents, 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 parents. You know, they, they were involved in mission, you know, back in the days of Methuselah. Probably not, but, you know, there is that... Think, you know, on the other side, you've got my, my parents, both came to the law before they died. Um, you know, I'm first generation, amazing stuff for them. And there in the middle, we've got Ma Margaret with her best friend, Sylvia, beautiful. And on the left, we've got some friends of ours, David and Meryl. David died, sadly, of cancer, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And they would always welcome us. When we were young, our kids were young, we were struggling leadership, whatever. We knew we could always go there. They, they were really busy people. They opened their home. They blessed us. They loved us for nothing else. They become like grandparents to our kids, all that kind of thing. You only get this kind of thing in the church. And there, there's a community there. Uh, our church. You know, where, and the great thing about the people of God is wherever you go in the world, you know, I've been all over the world. I've been to churches in different places. You know, I've embraced people that can't even share the same language, but you look into their eyes and you know that there's neither Jew, Greek, slave, nor free, male, nor female, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. Something of the miracle of salvation has done something in God's people and we are part of this massive thing. And there are just these wonderful people out there. You, you, you meet them for like two hours. We went last week, we went to Sweden, we met some. We'd only met them for about three or four hours. We felt like we'd been friends forever. We felt like we understood each other, that we knew, we, had, we knew what was there because there's something that Christ had done in us that can't be achieved anywhere else. And to me, that is a wonder. It is an absolute wonder. So there we are. My seven wonders. 
And uh, let's stand together, shall we? The wonder of new birth, the wonder of the Holy Spirit in us and with us, the, 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 the wonder of, of Scripture, the beauty of, of, of Scripture, you know, the, the, the wonder of God's calling on your life, on my life, the wonder and glory of God's kingdom and that calling to us as a as, as individuals and as a church, lifting our eyes up, giving us a huge vista, massive vista, something that's so wonderful. You know, you, you, when you aim at the kingdom, you can't, you can't miss. <laughs> There's so much that God has got for us there. The beauty of the church and, and the wonder of God's people across the world, people that, that God gives to us, a new family. That's what we're all about. Let's open our hearts, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. We open our hearts to you, Lord, and we say that you are, Lord, you are wonderful. And, and life in you is just full of wonders. And we, we marvel, Lord, we marvel at your wonder and beauty. It's beyond expression, beyond articulation. You are so immense. And so we open our hearts to you. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to connect in some core areas. Maybe there are some people here or someone here who wants to, do you know what? I know I need to be born again. I know I need to give my life to Christ so that I, can I want to invite this change to come. Others, we need to, it's the Spirit. We're going to let go of our own strength and lay hold of God's power. Others, it's calling. We're going to have an opportunity to uh, respond. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit.